0: Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com M-I-M.
1: It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Glad you're along for the ride. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hi, Fred. Good evening. Good evening. We have a couple of guests joining us in this edition. Sven Zimmerman, Director of Engineering at Bosch, and Richard Bishop of Richard Bishop Consulting. Thanks, Sven and Richard, for being here. Well, first up, Bosch and Daimler AG are partnering on a new autonomous ride-hailing service. They've picked San Jose, and this is scheduled to begin in the second half of next year. Sven, you've been intimately involved with this partnership. Give us uh, the nuts and bolts of what you'll be doing here.
2: Um, Yeah, Um, so basically what we're going to do is um, we are offering a ride hailing service um, in the city of San Jose uh, next year. So we will uh, be operating um, some of our vehicles. It's going to be Mercedes S-Class vehicles. Uh, with the technology that we are developing together uh, with Bosch um, and Mercedes. So um, basically, we will be operating in a a dedicated area in San Jose, and um, a selected um, customer group can um, use an app, um, call. Basically, our automated vehicles will be picked off and dropped off at certain um, areas in the city of San Jose.
1: And have you said and, how many uh, vehicles yet to, uh, are going to be involved here?
2: Uh, we're still in the planning phase, um, so um, we are, um, we're still evaluating how many vehicles uh, we will be um, exactly needing, and uh, we're also discussing this uh, with the city of San Jose.
1: So in the city there, you'll be signing people up for the service. Uh, they'll be able to do that, I assume, shortly before at least uh, this starts. And this is going to operate exactly. only on specific routes?
2: Exactly. Um, so um, basically how this going to work, um, our partner, um, um, Daimler Mobility Services, um, they will, um, they will uh, have an app where people from the public can sign up to. Uh, we'll, we'll start with a selected user group and, and see how, how big the interest of the service is. And um, then um, we'll in the initial phase, uh, we'll, we'll completely offer the service for free and the target for us is to really um get um get direct customer uh, feedback so we're we're convinced that we really um need to get um when we develop our technology that we will really need to get feedback from the users directly so um we will ask after every drive um basically what our customers have experienced and this will then influence our development of course
1: you're you're planning to have safety drivers on board here now, California has given Waymo the green light to begin testing without human drivers in vehicles. How far off might that be for what you and Daimler have planned?
2: So, what, we'll, what we will be doing in 2019 um, is uh, we will we will work with uh, two safety drivers on board. Um, so we're we're operating uh, vehicles as of today. We also have uh, an autonomous uh, driver's license since uh, 2014 both Mercedes and Bosch, um, even before this partnership. So in the next year, uh, we will be um, still operating our cars with a safety drive on board.
1: And you're not saying uh, how far off it might be before you go without that?
2: So what, we, what we're what we saying at the moment, what we have said is that we will, we will offer our service in the early next decade.
1: Alan, do you want to jump in here a little 20. bit?
0: you you asked the questions that that I would have asked but but I I do have a couple
2: one are are you uh, going to offer any shared ride services um so in the um, in the beginning uh, we'll offer the service to one or two customers um at the we will start with um like um single customers and then go from there when when you
0: say two customers are they customers that 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 uh, know each other or like a husband and wife
2: or is that uh, two independent customers we we haven't yet determined the details um, it really depends on the user group that will be using this service um so that's something that we will figure out uh, when we when we get there so uh, one of
0: the things that uh, that I'm trying to promote, at least here in New Jersey, is is to offer these services to the people that really need the service, which is the the mobility disadvantaged. Uh, to to what extent are you going to be uh, looking at providing mobility to the
2: mobility disadvantaged? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll we'll be offering the service. Um, we will basically offer the service. We'll start. Um, to offer the service um, basically to the public. Um, let's see how many people sign up. And then, um, of course, we have to look at this. Uh, we, we will use S-Class vehicles. Uh, we have the back seats available, and then um, everyone who signed up can can use the services.
0: So San Jose hasn't said, uh, my goodness, if you're providing this mobility service out here, we have these communities that really need the mobility <clears throat> Uh, will
2: you please go in and serve them? They they haven't done that with you. So so we have worked with the city and they gave us the feedback that um, basically their citizens uh, have asked for extending mobility services in the cities on certain routes. They have routes that are very well covered uh, by public transportations and others uh, not yet. And they really have an interest in extending um, the, the 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 service that we will be offering and the routes that we will be offering to cover exactly these spots. So, um, also what uh, we got uh, from from feedback from many cities is that you know it's it's uh, pretty uh, pretty expensive to uh, install new rail systems or whatsoever. So this is where they really uh, want to learn with us um, how can automated driving. Um, Really influenced
1: this, yeah. And I think the mayor has made some comments uh, uh, saying he sees this as an opportunity to provide mobility to a diverse group of residents, exactly. including those with limited options otherwise. So apparently, mm-hmm. they are trying to target uh, the, the kinds of things that that Allen has been promoting all along. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's right, uh, Fred. I'll, uh, Richard, here I'll jump in with a comment. You know, it's this is really great to see this happening, and and things are certainly ramping up in terms of the the, the car manufacturers uh, deploying in ways like this Ford has said they'll do it in uh, Washington DC General Motors uh, somewhere it's not too clear right now um, and now the the Daimler Bosch work and you know just I would say just about three or so years ago this was mostly a uh, the startups were working it you know the Uber ubers and um, and Waymo, at least at a business level, certainly the technology has been worked by all of these players for a long time. Um, and then the car makers, uh, there was a pivot somewhere in the last three years where you know we've got five or six major OEMs that are now saying, "Look, our our first entry into the market will be with this kind of service that uh, Daimler and Bosch uh, that are talking about, and we'll we'll learn from that." It's a great opportunity. It's a new mobility uh, service, but it's also a way to learn from that. For our mass market cars somewhere down the road, and um, it's very synergistic with what will eventually go to the mass market, from what I can see. Mm-hmm.
1: And the app that's being so, built for this, uh, Sven, can you tell us anything about that? Is this, I mean, people are familiar, obviously, with Uber and Lyft. Is this going to work in a similar fashion for people who've signed up for this service?
2: So um, we're we're still developing the app, but uh, what you what you know is our. Um, a mobility service provider daimler financial services they are offering already um right uh sharing service and car sharing services uh in the states and uh also in in europe uh like car to go um that that you've that you're most likely familiar with so we will build upon this this um this uh, framework basically
1: sounds like an exciting thing and this partnership you've had with uh, with daimler this this really started what uh couple of years ago?
2: Um, so the specific partnership um, that we're talking about, we started uh, last year in April, so April 2017, where we decided to join our forces. Um, both, both Bosch and Mercedes are working since many years on, on automated driving technology. Uh, when we started, we started actually um, very, very early uh, after the, the Urban Challenge um, to build up a team here in Silicon Valley. And uh, we start actually from a boss side developing on the technology, uh, really on, on fully uh, automated driving technology, 2010-ish. Um, uh, um, and then we were doing our first public drives um, on roads in California and in Germany in 2013. So we've been working quite a bit uh, on this topic. The same is true for, for, for Mercedes. Um, they um, also drove um I think it was in two thousand and thirteen the 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 with with a vehicle that they called Berta and s class uh, where they were driving a uh, long stretch in in, in Germany um, uh, autonomous um, and basically we decided last year um, to to join our forces and to accelerate our development. We have so many um, synergies that we just want to combine and um, i'm I'm really happy. Uh, to profit from the know-how that that Daimler have has, and um, basically what we do in this partnership is, um, Bosch provides and develops all the components uh, that are required, um, so radar systems, lidar systems, cameras, uh, the actuators like a steering system, uh, brake system that are operational, and Mercedes provides the vehicles. And what we what we jointly do is we. Uh, we jointly developed the algorithms and the software needed for an automated car.
1: Really interesting. And we really look forward to hearing about what what comes next. Obviously, we'll be in touch and, and hope to have you back on in the future.
2: Yes, it is very uh, exciting what you're doing. <clears throat> <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And it's really an exciting time. uh <laughs> gonna kind of yes, be an exciting future.
0: You know, as, as I've as I've characterized these uh, driverless vehicles, they're mobility machines. And as mobility machines, <clears throat> they need to be put out to work. And when they're put out to work, that means they're moving people. And so the, the key thing is to put them out there to move people and um, and not have them sit in our driveways uh, just um, you know as personal entities that um, that we sometimes use, but uh, have them out there as uh, as uh, really uh, providing um, uh, quality of life enhancements uh, to people um, who desperately need the mobility.
1: On that, Sven, thanks for taking the time with us. Thank you. Goodbye, folks. Well, Richard, we've already heard from you a bit. Uh, you're fresh off the 21st annual meeting of the International Task Force on Vehicle Highway Automation in Denmark. And Alan, you're really familiar with what he's been up to.
0: Richard's been doing a a really great job over the past 21 years, um, uh, putting this on every year and uh, certainly started it uh, uh, (laughs) in the very early days of all this. And um, and it is one of the uh, signature events of the year.
3: Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Alan. I think you're, I'm almost certain you were part of the first one and you've been part of many of these over the years. Yeah, I wasn't able to make it this year. I mean, I, Hey, sometimes some of us have to teach, you know, <laughs> Yeah, <right>. well, <laughs> people have real jobs, Yeah, yeah real jobs. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> uh, yeah, our first meeting was in 1997. Uh, and each, each year there's, it's, it's a small group, but it's people who are very uh, knowledgeable about the space of automation and there were, um, a lot of people, even in the '90s, that were knowledgeable, even though uh, most of the world doesn't realize that. And um, we've uh, continued to track it.
1: Well, give us a, an idea of some of the key takeaways from the from this year's event.
3: Yeah, we uh, we talked about the um, you know the three main domains out there: the robo taxi world, which is what uh, Sven uh, was re- telling us about for, for Daimler and Bosch. Uh, the uh, the passenger car mass market world and the truck side and the truck side as, in particular has become extremely active in terms of platooning and uh, and as well as uh, individual trucks at high automation so we covered all of these <clears throat> I think the, the the most interesting area and it's a topic near and dear to me is the uh, sort of the question of okay let's let's assume we've got really great automated cars out there. Um, We haven't transformed society yet because they can still be stuck in traffic jams, just like vehicles today. So how can we get this uh, cooperative process going that allows traffic to flow better? And as you know, Alan, this whole cooperative discussion has been going on a long time. It was really more safety focused with the V2V, V2X. But I'm more focused on the fact that an automated vehicle is powerless to you know, calculate its way out of a traffic jam. Without cooperation, there's no way to improve traffic. And even though this has been kind of a chicken and egg issue over the years, I think there's some new things happening with robo taxis and, and ride sharing that could make a difference. So we, we presented, you know, that, that concept into the ITF VHA group. We had about 60 people and um, explored it very very extensively.
1: You're in a great position, as Alan is, to, to talk about uh, how the focus has evolved over over a period of years. Things that you're focused right. on today, you weren't even thinking of a few years back.
3: Yeah, it's funny. That goes two ways. You know, it's true that we never talked about anything like a robo-taxi service back in the 90s. But the the traffic points I was just making, we were talking about that. Um and it was a major part of the U.S. DOT program that I led at the time, this idea of car platooning to improve traffic flow. And that, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the, the answer, but there's ways of, of doing this. So the, an amazing number of the issues are still the same, but we've got a lot more technology to work with. And we've got investment and we've got businesses that are agile and ready to really go do something. The traditional automakers are, are great for what they are. I have no criticism of them, but they, they aren't motivated as a business to move quickly uh, in the same way the startups do. So the startups have really changed everything.
0: Yeah, and I, I think also one of the things you mentioned um, earlier is the number of the OEMs that are now <laughs> looking to provide mobility as opposed to, as opposed to sell you a, a, a hunk of hardware. And right. uh, you know Ford, you didn't mention Ford. Ford's, you know, Bill Ford's been on this for for some time, and and I think it's really important that uh, what what ends up being kind of a key for me to to really deal with the congestion piece, uh, besides what you can do in terms of uh, or orchestrating the traffic flow. Is tr- is trying to see if we can't possibly get two people in vehicles instead of one person in a vehicle. Oh yeah, or three sure. people in a vehicle, uh, as opposed to two. It's it's not putting fifty of them in a bus or th- something like that. But if you look at the you know what's happening at, at the edges of our cities and and the and the suburbs and the inner suburbs you know, where, where a great deal of congestion occurs or, or in the, in the, in the loop road around Washington, you know, I mean, it's because there's one person in the vehicle and if somehow, you know, all the, 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 the orchestration of the offering of the mobility can also be in a way such that um, we would somehow, which I wish I knew how to do, um, uh, have people, um, enthusiastically, uh, during a ride then you know we 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 address the congestion we address the energy we address uh, the pollution we address the affordability um, but boy that's a tough one but, but it's it's really one one we're now yeah. with the algorithms we might be able to make make um, you know make some headway on that one
3: well and interestingly at the ITS World Congress in Copenhagen at the exi- exhibition there were several example of sort of robo-taxi vans that were, you know, six or eight passenger vehicles. And the uh, one that I saw was from Volkswagen. And, you know, what they're challenged with is trying to make it almost like an airplane seat experience, which people are used to. And they we, we've learned to live with being, you know, seated close to other people and still be in our own space. And so they're really grappling with what is it what does it mean to make this a success and people will want to be in this vehicle with strangers and not feel too, you know, uh, imposed upon in terms of their personal space. So uh, it's good.
0: Yeah, that's really, that's really tough. And I don't, and I don't think any of us know what to do on that one, but right. it really deserves some service and, and, and maybe it doesn't need a six or eight. Maybe it's, you know, a three or four, <laughs> mm-hmm. just getting two is an enormous three is is like you're in heaven. Uh, you don't have to, you almost don't have to do six or eight, but anyway, uh, you know how to do that. Um, uh, I wish I knew then I'd become rich.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot, of, there a, lot of, a lot of business experimentation trying to figure that out and some failure and, you know, all of that stuff. That's what it takes to, to launch a new service.
1: Yeah. One of the interesting things that uh, Sven didn't address at this, uh, in this conversation, but perhaps in the future is that Mercedes is, using an S-Class vehicle instead of something like uh, one of its sprinters. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: well, um, yeah, because I think they're still out there looking for the one percenters or whatever. And um, um, maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know. Well, Uh,
3: I I would say there's a completely different reason, which is that in terms of production hardware, the S-Class has got the most uh, intelligence and, and perceiving the environment and all of that. Uh, so it's a great platform to build full automation on top of. But the but
0: the Sprinter vehicle is an interesting design, which goes a little bit beyond just the just the minivan, you know the um, uh, that uh, basically Waymo's using. And uh, but anyway, that you know, it, we're still so darn early on all this. Um, uh, there's going to be a lot of evolution yet.
1: In the latest smart driving car newsletter, Alan, you highlight a little back and forth you and Richard have had on the, on the subject of truck platooning. Explain what this is all about.
0: Well, uh, yes, and and we have, and I and I I, I certainly appreciate what Richard uh, has written about it. And Richard, you want to chime in?
3: Uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I think you know you you had some concerns about. The safety of of these systems, and I guess really you're more pushing, let's get automatic emergency braking on as many trucks as possible. And and And, and, and I
0: do that in the the latest newsletter, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I I guess, I guess, geez, we've got to get that sucker to work. And and you point out very clearly, it's not that they're not doing it. Okay, it's just, um, you know, go ahead.
3: So go. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the 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 uh, spec on these trucks is so high in terms of safety equipment, production, safety equipment like automated emergency braking that given that the the fuel economy benefit is there, it may accelerate the uptake on um, automatic emergency braking and and other things like air disc brakes. So those, as 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 I like to say, and and the, the vendors will say, um, you know, our th- those trucks are going to be among the safest on the road, whether they're platooning or not. Right, and and I agree with
0: that, and 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 I appreciate, I certainly appreciate uh, what they're doing, because of course it's it's critical to uh, to the quality of life of the poor truckers that are out there. That is such a tr- tough job. And yeah, those folks need help and they need a, they need a lot of help and it'd be nice if they got the help so that it also allowed them to maybe, uh, you know, put in an extra hour to better help that help them also feed their families. And so that they get, you know, some, some, some additional benefits out of this. So I'm, I'm absolutely all for that. So, uh,
3: um, right. Uh, and the, um, the, the, the deployment approach is interesting because as, as you pointed out, Alan, if, 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 since this requires pairing up, if you can't find somebody to roll along with and connect to, then you've, you've got equipment that you're not getting any value out of. And what's driving the market, at least for the first wave of adoption, is these, these many, many trucking companies that do a hub-to-hub type of operation, UPS, to, it's FedEx. So it's about you know maybe 300 miles out, you drop your load, you pick up a new load, you come 300 miles back. And it goes right back to the drivers because that means they get to be at home at night. And and that's changed the way trucking fleets work because of the driver shortage. They have to pay more attention to what drivers care about, which is an innately good thing. So there's a lot of that hub to hub. And that means that these, these trucks are pretty much dispatched together. And so you're getting full usage out of this capability. Yes,
0: and, and and in those markets, I think it's great, and and uh, you know, as you pointed out, to to also have on there uh, all the other safety measures, especially the automated emergency braking systems, that really do work for them and and allow them to operate their trucks properly, but also keep them safe. I mean those those are those to me, I, I don't see why there every CEO of a trucking company across the country doesn't say, Absolutely, I'm buying these things for for, for my family. I mean these these uh drivers are part of their family. And right. and in fact, it's also for their bottom line because most of those trucking companies are self-insured. And guess what happens if there's a crash? That comes yep. right out of the his pocket and, and he or she knows how much that's costing them. And when you end up looking at what these things cost, the ROI is, is, is so attractive. Absolutely. They should be doing it. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming at. And, and right. so we don't have any disagreement on this um, uh, at all. Uh, it, it is, it is for improvement in the industry to go on and, and take the driver out of the truck I'm not really for that. I I just I, uh, eventually sure, but that th- that's not th- that's not well, the initial. Yeah.
3: And so, it's you know. as, as you're aware, but I want to point out for the listeners, you know, the the first generation truck platooning is going to be drivers in both trucks. It's level one. The drivers have like a definitive role to monitor the work, the environment, and steering. And so it's the longitudinal control that's automated. And, you know, there's one can certainly speculate, and people have speculated about having a driverless follower and things of that sort. And um, that's way downstream. So for now, we're going to get the fuel economy benefit, benefits to the drivers. And, and fortunately, the, the regulatory space is gradually being uh, cleared. There's now uh, 18 states that fully allow commercial truck platooning. Uh, Pennsylvania became the 18th just about a month ago, I think it was. And that's expected to go across the country over time. It's just about administrative wheels turning. I'm I'm not aware of any opposition at the state level to, to truck platooning. So I think we'll have a, the lower 48 covered. Yep.
1: Interesting. Well, Car and Driver reports, uh, Alan, getting to some other headlines, on its testing of the latest automatic braking safety systems, and the news isn't very good.
0: Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the glass is half full. I mean, it works on some of them and doesn't work on others of them. And and again, I, you know, sort of the the problem is, is, is the false alarm rate. And of course, the fear that that the brakes would be put on when the brakes don't need to be put on, and so that's just in terms of the quality of the of the of the sensing system and the algorithms and so on to basically get the false alarm rates down down to zero. But, but I think there's there's also some some elements possibly in the OEMs. The OEMs have been very reluctant to. Uh, to arrest um, uh, decision-making from the driver because, uh, my goodness, um, you know, they give us all these capabilities. And, in fact, when they advertise these things to us, they – you know, it's always there showing these things operating in closed courses and on and and even suggest, well, you really shouldn't do this, but look, hey, you can go whatever miles an hour. And of course, I always like to show the, the picture of my speedometer in my car, it shows it can go 160 miles an hour. I always ask the question, Holy where in Jersey am I gonna do 160? <laughs> uh, and so in some sense. You know, that they have been selling a dream. Uh, but there there should be more responsibility to keep us from misbehaving when we're in these things. You know, we shouldn't be tailgating. We 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 shouldn't be speeding. Um I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and the Steelers play tonight and and uh their re their leading uh receiver this I guess this morning or something was uh was given a ticket for driving at over 100 miles an hour somewhere in Pittsburgh. I mean, come on! Um, uh, how is he allowed to, to how how does the, the the Porsche that he's driving not keep him from doing that unless he's at uh, at Le Mans or some some track where it knows that it's on some track and therefore unlocks it? Uh, but, but there's no. I, I don't think there's much okay. thought of. From the OEMs
3: about doing that, and well, of course of- they would lose sales if they did, right? If they did it by you know, individually, so it goes down to government, you know, government activity, government philosophy, as you well know, Alan. So it's it's a messy space out there.
0: It's, it is a messy space, but it is somewhat irresponsible of them. Okay, and 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 because they certainly have the technology to to to, to put in there uh, to do that, that um, whatever. And 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 it'd be it'd be nice if they if if somehow they were a little bit more responsible. I know, and and I don't know how to achieve that either, except to kind of uh, you know chide them every once in a while and have them get angry at me or whatever. So, Fred, this is
3: why Alan and I have fun talking because my comeback would be that well, somebody is being irresponsible. It's either that individual that owns the car, or it's the car maker, or the government, and then you get into some very broad philosophical discussions from there.
1: Well, I
0: I know, I know, but uh, the game starts at eight o'clock, so.
1: (laughs) But I think you both missed the lead on the story. The lead on the story might be that a. a Pittsburgh law enforcement officer g- actually gave a ticket to a Pittsburgh Steeler. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, uh, come on. Uh, yeah, no, we, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, anyway.
1: All right. Some more stories here. And the New York times ran a report quoting a well-known urban planner saying autonomous vehicles won't fix congestion problems. You've been touching on, on this just a little bit already tonight.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if- if it's a self-driving vehicle, you, you have to have a person in there, you know, with the adult supervision. And so, uh, of course, you're going to put on more VMTs and you're not going to do anything about the occupancy. But, but the robo-taxi or the autonomous taxi, the mobility as a service piece – it it, hopefully if we do it right we can move two people at the same time or three people at the same time almost as easily as we can move one person and there we do have the opportunity to 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 make major improvements in that
3: Uh, um yeah i agree Uh, the uh i can't remember the, the name of the gentleman that was quoted the urban planner but uh I think he would agree. He's, he's, he's been around a while. He would agree that, yeah, we were talking about this 20 years ago, too. It's just now it's a news headline.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. Then there's the matter of Uber's valuation. A report in Medium calls it insane. Uber received proposals from investment banks that pegged the ride-hailing firm's IPO valuation at $120 billion. So that... uh Says uh, Uber's value might be greater than the value of the U.S. airline industry and the car industry if you exclude Tesla.
0: Well, well, if I'm an investment bank and I and I'm you know trying to compete to take them public, I'm going to say they're worth 150 billion <laughs> and, and probably 200 billion. Give me the job. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't what that number means. It's it's gold mine sacks out there whatever and and i think i told my class actually yesterday i told my class i'd give them all a pluses if if um if in fact uber goes out at 120 billion
3: <laughs> and they said oh, really
0: oh my goodness
3: <laughs> uh, i don't know of course yeah, it's crazy you know, i mean, medium's right it's insane
0: yeah. And, and, and then, of course, I told him, you know, the candidates that I that I sent money to on this past election, guess what? They all lost. So, you know, when Kornhauser, you know, picks somebody, he's normally wrong.
3: <laughs> OK, I'll remember to ask you in the future. But, you
1: know. Well, maybe Uber is going to be worth one hundred twenty billion dollars, but Ford is getting to the scooter business and GM is going into the e-bike business both are talking about mobility so what's going on alan
0: well i think you know it's as we've been talking about i think they're they're realizing that maybe they're mo are mobility providers and if they are going to be mobility providers maybe they're going to be providing mobility you know uh, across the whole spectrum and you know would they spend uh 40 million or something like that it's it's chump change for them uh you know they're i you know, you got you got to you got to be in it to win it. So, you know, they're I think I think that's why why
3: they're doing it. What do you think, Richard? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think they're exploring. They have been for the last 2 or 3 years, but they've ramped it up. And as you say, Alan, you know, if if it's a bust, if it doesn't go anywhere, it's no big deal for them. Right, they
0: they they get some talent. They they get they get some people that are they're involved in startups. You know, one of the uh, the problems that the OEMs have had is is hiring, and hiring people that, that have. That, that, that have that mentality because, you know, those folks, those folks, they, they either end up going to banks or they end up going to startups or they go to Apple, Amazon, you know, Google and whatever. And, you know, very few of them go to Detroit. And even though the, all the companies have set up places in Silicon Valley, I'm not so sure, how, you know, how how well they've been able to compete for
3: talent. And, you know, this, right. is, a, this is a talent search. That's true. It does help them in hiring
1: Interesting, using it as a recruiting tool. Well, that is it for this edition. We want to thank Sven Zimmerman with Bosch and Richard Bishop for joining in. Much appreciated, Richard.
3: You're so welcome. I've enjoyed it.
0: Richard, great having you. It's wonderful having you, and we'll have you back.
3: Nice. That sounds good. I'd love to.
1: Well, you can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com on Google Podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and more on Alexa 2. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening.
0: Go Stillers.
1: Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment.
3: Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.